Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ever feel like there's a constant stream of disasters unfolding? In August, more than 100 people died in the fast-moving fires in Hawaii. As we entered September, a massive earthquake hit Morocco, killing almost 3,000. And just days later, deadly flooding led to more than 5,000 dead in Libya. With all of these catastrophes striking one after another, it's easy to feel pessimistic and powerless when it comes to the world around us. Yet despite how frightening or gloomy the headlines seem to be day after day, for most of us, life goes on. But for the people caught in these tragedies, their nightmare continues long after the dust has settled. Zoom in on New Orleans, for instance, and the toll that Hurricane Katrina took when the storm hit the city in August 2005. Around 1,800 Americans died, and more than 850,000 homes along the Gulf Coast were heavily damaged or destroyed entirely. In the aftermath, thousands of volunteers helped the city's residents recover and rebuild. One person involved was Dr. Vicki Mays, a clinical psychologist with training in community emergency response. I really thought we should do something. Don't just come and spend the tourist dollars, but really think about what some of the mental health issues are. And that's what I did. I actually pulled a team together from across the country. And we worked with one of the New Orleans foundations who were helping to put together a response. Mays is also a distinguished professor of psychology and health policy and management at the University of California, Los Angeles. In the years after Hurricane Katrina, she helped rebuild a framework for mental health services so that trained professionals could treat the influx of new patients dealing with PTSD, depression, and other disorders. It wasn't about what could I give each individual person and how to deal with each individual person's psychological trauma. What we did in New Orleans was, first, we were very clear we weren't there to do treatment. That would have been unethical because we weren't staying in New Orleans. We came back many, many times over the span of five years because eventually what we really were doing was helping to rebuild the mental health system. How do you really come into a place that has had major destructions and start to rebuild a sense of community? How do you design rituals that will cause people to come together and have some sense of relief so that part of what you're trying to do is disrupt that pattern of post-traumatic stress disorder? One part of this effort included training average people on how to perform psychological first aid. So what are some key markers to keep in mind when interacting with someone who's been through a traumatic event? Learning how to listen, learning how to help people to feel more safe and secure. It is learning how to connect people. You know, in psychological first aid, what you want to help that individual do is to not feel and be alone. For the countless victims struggling in the wake of these natural disasters, mental health is too often overlooked. 
The work by Mays and others like her aims to change that. But what about those who want to help but aren't in a position to provide psychological services? Maybe what you can do is to be the person that people contact, because this is the other thing. Sometimes what happens is that what's needed is someone who is totally outside. Because remember, cell phone towers go down. People don't have power. Internets are not available. And we tell people in, in you know who are preparing for emergencies, have a person that is outside that network that people can have messages go to. You can be that person in the sense of, you know, trying to help look for people, posting things, trying to get people to go and check on someone. No matter how close or far away you are from those in need, giving back in traditional ways like donating food or basic household items still helps to lighten the mental load. You know, contributing money is fine, but things like sending things, One of the things in a fire that I was helping to respond to is a van came up and it was full of water. And the people said, we drove this here. Now, I don't advise, you know, you have to know when and where to go do this. So it's not always just drive yourself and be independent and showing up. But people who think about what can I do? You'd just be surprised the number of ways in which A little thing is a very comforting thing. Mays says that sometimes you have to get a little creative. She remembers when the war in Ukraine first began in 2021, and she was looking for a way to help. They were talking about how cold it was. I actually remembered, I said, you know, I still have a bunch of winter clothes that I really don't wear that much anymore. And so I called the consulate. And I actually delivered winter clothes. Now, those people may never know that it was me personally, but they will know that someone outside of their territory and area cared enough to make sure they got the things that were needed. So sometimes the contributions aren't always the person is going to be able to turn around and thank you. But it is something that you can do. It makes a difference. Reaching out to community-based groups or locals via social media can also be a great way to find out what people need most. However, Mays urges everyone to do some research before donating. If you're giving, try and make sure that you know that you're giving to a group that is unbiased, unfettered, and will do everything they can to get things distributed in ways in which it's really needed. Sometimes you can give, and then you realize, for example, that that group is going to take 20 to 30% off the top for their working overhead. So I always check, and I try and actually support the groups that are already doing something there. And again, internet's great. You can look at Charity Navigator. There are lots of different ways to check it out. But if I'm really being resourceful, I try and think, now, who would know? Is there an organization that I can find? Do I have friends who, if I know something about their background, that, oh, yeah, someone's family was from Morocco. That's who I ask. With extreme weather events on the rise, you can be sure that there is always someone out there who could use a helping hand. 
And as some recent events have shown, disasters aren't just getting more frequent and powerful. They're also expanding to areas where they've never happened before. That's why it's so important to be ready for anything, even if you don't consider yourself to be in a danger zone. Have you done the planning that you need to do? You will feel so much better in the event things happen if you have a plan. Don't second guess yourself. Don't sit and wait and think that somebody can come and rescue you and what have you. But planning really does take away some of the regrets. So if I have one piece of advice is don't ignore warnings. In those events where there are warnings, don't ignore them. Think about the things that you can do to really take care of yourself if it's just you. I mean, if you get cut off and there's no one that's going to come, did you plan in terms of having water? You can find a full list of all the items to include in an emergency kit by visiting the website ready.gov kit. That's ready.gov kit. This is an emergency preparedness website created by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and is regularly updated with new items and protocols. As a clinician, Mays says that these preparations can help ease feelings of anxiety and distress around disaster situations. You will be empowered with understanding how you can be your own support. And that is a powerful thing because it helps really propel people to be able to go through a disaster much better when they realize counting on themselves and having a plan means they don't worry about has the city been kind to us and the city doesn't do this or that or FEMA takes too long to get there, but they have a plan and they have reached out to people. You can find more information about Dr. Vicki Mays and all of our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.org. For more behind the scenes and news about our stories, follow Radio Health Journal on Instagram, Facebook, and X. This segment originally aired in September of 2023 on our sister show, Viewpoints Radio. It was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Our lead producer is Kristen Farah. I'm Elizabeth Westfield. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. Cyanide, as an example, some people can smell a bitter almond smell. And some organophosphates, which are used as terrorist agents, smell a little bit like garlic. How can you tell if a person was poisoned? Then, how long can we really live using science? This is not snake oil. And that's probably, again, one of the reasons we use the word immortality, because to differentiate it from simply living another 10 years or maybe 100 years. All that and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. Bessie was getting press, but it was only from the black press. White press was not interested in Bessie at first. The courageous stunt pilot you've likely never heard of. Then... When it doesn't work, meaning because you forget, you screw up. Don't turn goof-ups into give-ups. Why it's so hard to break those bad habits. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.
And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.